Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. This is the Gamer Heroes. I'm your regular host, John, and I've got my co-host. I like to call him a co-host sometimes. Derek, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> good. Good. It's another week. We've missed a couple weeks if you listen regularly. Um, life gets in the way, but we're back, and uh, we have some topics, some fun stuff going on in the news and the gaming world and industry um, that... You know, we want to shed some light on and give you our opinions, and hopefully you guys will comment back and give us some of your opinions. But I'm just going to dive right in there, man. Um, let's talk about Bethesda suing Warner Brothers over a game that nobody knew about. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, Westworld, Warner Brothers made a Westworld game on Android and iOS, and Honestly, I watch Westworld, and I had no idea about that game. Um, but they're claiming that the game is a direct ripoff of their Fallout Shelter game. I know you played that game a lot. What do you think about it? Yeah, so I do play Fallout Shelter from time to time, When I honestly, when I get kind of bored. Because uh, the early game is a lot of fun, and then you, I just kind of lose interest. But yeah, these games... I mean, let's be honest here. The they're very, very similar from game mechanics to to style to art design. They're very similar um, in what you do. So in Fallout Shelter, you are building a shelter. You know, right? You're building one of the vaults. Is is essentially what you're doing, and um, you can bring people into your vault. Uh, you can have people reproduce in your vault, and you build different rooms that do different things. So you can power it and have water or get upgrades and train people and you can go out in quests now which is kind of cool uh and it recently came the switch and i tried it out on there and the westworld game does a lot of those similar types of elements but the lawsuit really comes into play with how it's going how it was made so essentially the lawsuit is alleging that the developer who built the westworld game is the same developer that developed the fallout shelter game so let me ask you this who's now why are we going after warner brothers shouldn't we go after the developer not really because at the end of the day warner brothers is who's publishing the game they're the ones you know initially legally responsible for it um i mean i get that but i feel like if you're just if you're lazy enough to not create anything new (laughs) that should fall on you um, I mean, to an extent, but that's kind of the difference between, you know, developers and publishers. The publishers are the ones who are distributing the game. So they end up with the initial first line of you know defense from a legal standpoint. Um, so they're, they're the ones that are pushing the game out. So it's their responsibility um, to, to kind of handle that. Um, you know, so there's a lot of the, the lawsuit really revolves around not so much the style or even the artwork, but the code. So Bethesda is saying that Warner Brothers act, or Warner Brothers developer that is uh, which is Behavior is the name of the developer actually used code from Fallout Shelter in the Westworld mobile game and they're alleging this because of a particular bug that uh, was originally in Fallout Shelter is the exact same bug that is currently in the Westworld mobile game. That is just so hilarious to me. Because I feel like they would have never known had this game not had that bug. I mean, maybe it's hard. It's hard to know for sure. There's definitely a lot of similarities to it in the way you're you're building out a thing, right? And there's rooms and there's people and that type of stuff. There is a lot of similarity there, and you know, there aren't really any other games that come to mind that are like that. The the most similar thing I can think of is way back in the '90s, uh, a game called Sim Tower 
which was a SimCity style game where you built a skyscraper essentially, and you were responsible for building all the rooms and stuff like that. And you didn't really interact with the people, but you could see them kind of moving around. Um, so there aren't a lot of games in this su- sort of you know genre. Uh, so when something does come out, I mean Bethesda's going to look at it because there's not really a lot of competition. It's just such a funny way to find, uh, <laughs> essentially get caught. We Well, we found, I imagine, this is how I imagine what was happening. Somebody from Bethesda was playing the game and was like, holy shit, this is what we, <laughs> this seems exactly like the issue we're having, and then looked into it. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It is definitely possible. Um, again, I think it might have to do with the fact that there aren't a lot of games in this space. So like, for example, okay, you built a first person shooter, right? You're three, four, three industries. You built halo and somebody else puts out a first person shooter. Well, there are a ton of first person shooters. So to go through each one and find out what type of intellectual property may have been stolen or borrowed or infringed upon is a lot of work. And that's a lot of human resource hours so companies have to do that kind of cost analysis is it worth the money to investigate something that may or may not even be there but this type of game there aren't really other games like it there's not a lot of competition so you need people to check three or four games yeah yeah it's so much i just think you're more likely you're more likely to find a problem it's more it's much easier to vet like you said in a small market mm-hmm. so you know, at the end of the day, what will come of this? Did they really infringe on the copyright? Did they really borrow code? I mean, we don't know yet. Obviously, this has to go to court. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But Bethesda I is what very they serious. Value it. How much? Oh yeah, they're they're definitely protecting it. I want to know how much they value this at. So, how much do you think the lawsuit will be for? Well, so the initial reports show that they are looking for the game to be both taken out of the app stores, but they also want to receive compensation. So I would imagine they would need to essentially subpoena the sales records and know how much money the game has made because I mean, otherwise they're just throwing a dart at a board, right? Which I'm not saying they, they can't do. I'm sure there's estimates out there from people who know the industry, but I would imagine if the lawsuit is well enough founded that they would get permission to subpoena those records. Right, right, because um, that would technically be proof of of damage and loss. So, right, yep, losses. Um, wow, crazy stuff. I I feel like it's a little petty, but um, you know what? Like you said, when in your perspective as it being a competitor, um, because I feel like I'll use this example and we'll move on. You know, there there are knockoff versions that are basically the exact same product of, you know, a name brand product, and uh, they just change the name. But it's the exact same pat. You know what I mean? It's the exact same idea, exact same patent. Um, and those guys are in trouble all the time. This is where the code is really going to come into play. If they straight up lifted code from one game to the other, then... I mean, it seems like that would be the end of the lawsuit and Bethesda is going to win that. But if they just built a similar game from the ground up, that's going to be much harder for Bethesda to win. But what's the difference between me making a product and it being so good that competitors want to make the exact same product, which they do, and um, they sell it under a different name? Well, because it's not that. In this case, we're talking about the same developer, right? So think of it like Cars. Cars is probably the best way to look at this, right? So it would be as if, um, you know, a factory built a car and then they sold that car to Chevy. And so Chevy sold this car, car A, and then that same factory took some of that car, some of like the frame of that car and built another car using that frame and then sold it to Ford. I mean, they do that shit all the time, but they get permission. Like the Pontiac vibe is uh, basically a Toyota matrix. Right. There's, there's, there's team up stuff that's happened. Right. And I'm talking about when that's not disclosed and not agreed upon. Hmm. 
right? That's interesting. Because there's a lot of sister cars, right? So, like, the uh, Toyota uh, uh, GT86, which used to be the Scion FRS, and the Subaru BRZ are the same basic car. Right. But those two companies partnered. They know that. They did it together, right? This isn't that. This is somebody built a thing that was published by by, by Bethesda, and then Warner Brothers came in and said, hey, we want a game that's kind of like that in these ways for our IP. And the developer went, okay, well, we might as well not start from scratch, right? Because why waste our time and money that way? We'll just borrow some similar components is what the lawsuit is alleging. We don't know if that's true yet, but that's what Bethesda is claiming. Yeah, I'm interesting. When, when do you think they're set to go to court? Uh, I don't see any reports of that. It could definitely take months for something like this to actually get to court, you know, and it could be settled outside of court, right? If Bethesda has enough compelling evidence, Warner Brothers may decide to just settle outside of court and sweep it under the rug and be done with it. It's true. This is true. That's probably what they'll do, to be honest with you. It just costs more money to go to court. So, all right, I'm going to segue here. I'm going to move us on to the next subject here. Um, speaking about partnering up and allowing people to, I don't know, mingle with the com- the competition. Let's talk about Fortnite and crossplay, particularly PlayStation, Sony's uh, ideas on crossplay. Apparently, they're not letting anybody do any game that could Minecraft, Fortnite, um, even Fallout seventy six, which we'll talk about here in a minute. They won't let anybody play with any other system. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. isn't that crazy what is your thoughts on that well so there's a couple of different ways to look at it first off sony is not messaging this well at all like agree or disagree whether or not you think this is a good move or a bad move it's hard to argue about the messaging it poorly um and the reason this kind of came to light now is fortnite because this has happened for a while, um, you cannot cross-play Rocket League on PS4, though Xbox One and Nintendo Switch and PC can all play together. And Sony raised some eyebrows even with Rocket League because they claimed that they wanted to, and this is a paraphrase now because it's a few months back, but they wanted to protect the experience of their player base um, you know, from toxic gaming and that type of thing. Which, as a Nintendo fanboy, I found hilarious because if Nintendo thinks it's okay, it's probably fine. Now, uh, Fortnite is kind of a different conversation because there's a lot of uh, controversial stuff going on in the Fortnite community, specifically with the reports of like white supremacist groups and uh, neo-Nazi groups trying to recruit new members through Fortnite, which is obviously not the game's fault, but something that is happening in that community. So Sony may have an argument there, but Nintendo still is still okay with crossplay. So the, the real issue comes down to this. Sony is doing it because they're in first place and they can. In this current generation, if you consider it the PS4, Xbox One, Switch generation, the PS4 is by far in first place. There's no question about it. The Switch has only been out for under 18 months. And the Xbox One, well, Microsoft has stopped reporting its sales numbers because it was getting (laughs) just destroyed by the PlayStation. And that's just just the way it is. Um, And I really don't have a dog in the fight because I own all three consoles. Right. Same here. You know. (laughs) Right. So Sony, though, has the weight to throw themselves around. They've received, you know, they've gotten all of these exclusive titles like Horizon Zero Dawn. They're building off of The Last of Us. They're going to get the Spider-Man game this uh, this fall. They had God of War. Right. So big, big stuff. Um, and they have the, uh, the kind of the weight to to be a little bit pushy and say, well, you know what? Enough people own our console that we don't have to play with you guys for there to be this positive online experience. And a lot of people are defending Sony by saying, well, that's what Microsoft did in the previous generation, which was the 360 PS3 Wii generation. But online gaming wasn't what it is today. We are, they're building games specifically for that now. Whereas that wasn't really a big thing eight years ago. Well, games as a service didn't exist at all, really. And there were still games that had no online components. Whereas today you'd be hard pressed to find triple a titles that do not include an online component um even most indie games provide some type of online component now um so it really comes down to this generation the the previous generation was a different time it was a decade ago 
that that was you know coming out in its heyday and microsoft was in first place then and maybe you know you could argue they did something similar but the environment was different um and i think the point that microsoft and nintendo are trying to make now is we want people to be able to play with their friends because that gets more people buying the game and the truth is is that well, I was just gonna say, it's the truth is, no one's gonna buy a PS4 just, just to for, play Fortnite. Exactly, that, and that's what I was gonna get at. Is <laughs> I understand, like, really, what, what do you really gain from um, having crossplay? You you gain your, in my opinion, you have bigger pool to play from. That means matches will load quicker. That means. Um, I don't know, you'll have a good variety of matchmaking and people to play with that are at your same level. Um, But there are also a lot of cons that go along with that. Number one, when you have multiple people from different platforms sharing the same server, that's just asking for trouble. Um, Do you think it is, though? I think so, yeah, because number one, you're having a server that is only hosting one system which is a limited number of players now you're using one server to host a limited number of players across you know three platforms um so yeah but it's still going to be a a single server is still going to handle the same number of connections though i mean we've we've already shown that cross play is not a big deal i'm just saying from a from a technical standpoint um more traffic means slower t- slower speeds. That's just the end of the story. Um, but we're not talking more. We're not talking more traffic on a single server. We're just talking maybe there's more servers. But I don't even think you'd have more servers because the truth is that if let's look at Fortnite, if Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony are are not going to cross play at all, then you need three different groups of servers, one for each platform, and a fourth for PC actually, right? So. You already have to have that infrastructure for four different platforms. If you allow cross-play, all you're doing is saying that those servers can either A, communicate with each other, or B, a single server can have users from different platforms, but you're not going to increase the the workload on a single server. So you don't think that – and I'm not saying there's data to support this, but what I am saying though is logically thinking about it, more players are on – sharing the same servers no no because it's a a single server is about how many connections can this server handle and they come up with that number right let's say it's uh people right there's 10,000 people can play on a single server i'm just making this up at the end of the day that 10,000 people could be xbox players switch players ps4 players but it doesn't matter because you're saying it's 10,000 Regardless. It's just ten it's just ten thousand. They're not gonna say, well, now that Nintendo is gonna be on the same server as Microsoft, we have to push this to thirteen thousand. No, they they would just spin up another server. Right? And the truth is that at the end of the day, no one's complaining about that. That's never been the argument. No, no. Nobody I, I was just know, saying for me other than that, uh being a concern, which again, I mean you're saying it's not a concern. I still even on Sony's servers I find slow and I find slowing down, I find issues. Um but what I was going to say was I don't even crossplay is not really a big deal to me. You you don't even know what system the other player is on and it doesn't really matter. Does it? It, it, it sometimes matters in competitive play simply because certain games you have an advantage if you're playing on PC. Um, you know, if certain games like, uh, Overwatch, for example, um, there's no cross play between PCX, um, and, and the consoles. And, and a big chunk of that has to do with the fact that PC gamers are going to be using key mouse and keyboard. And yes, I know there are people out there that can hack it on their consoles. You're not really supposed to do that. Yeah, so that's not the point. They're, they don't have any interest in, in opening that up so really the only game fortnite's the really the only game right now that pc people are playing with and um playing with console and really i'm i'm i think they still have an advantage but due to all the other mechanics in the game maybe not maybe they they level the playing field you don't really i guess what i'm trying to say is though the cross play to me is just a, a hot subject right now but honestly you don't ever really know because I play, I play Rocket League all the time. I don't know or care who's on PC or who's playing on 
Xbox. You know, we're all there for the same goal. So I, I, I guess I'm trying to say is what really is the benefit other than than um, <laughs> Nintendo and Microsoft getting together and going, well, we have this over you, Sony, and Sony just doesn't give a shit. No, no, no. But think about it if you were playing with people you actually knew, right? You're trying to so s- let's yeah. Like like Destiny is a good example, you know. Um, what if I I didn't have a PlayStation, right? And we wanted to play Destiny together, right? I'd have to buy a PlayStation in order to play Destiny with you, even though Destiny is on That's Xbox. How it's always been. But 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 the point is, is that from a technological standpoint, it doesn't need to be that. Why way. should it be that way? Yeah. Right. So all we're all we're saying, people who who think Sony is a little out of line here is all we're saying is this is an artificial wall that's been built to push people to buy PlayStations. Sony just that's wants to maintain does. they want to maintain their garden. They want their garden to be clean. And right. And the problem is that that is an old way of thinking in a time where consoles are, are expensive. Games are expensive. There's tons of games out there. There are more and more multiplayer experiences Games as a service means people are going to be hanging on to those games for longer and longer periods of time. So people want to play with their friends. People want to raid with their friends. They want to game with their friends. And if we look back at this generation, are people going to look back and say, well, Sony was really stopping and hindering people from being able to play together? Or are they going to say, well, you know, everyone had a PlayStation anyway? Well, that's not true. There's lots of people I know that still don't have PlayStations. I feel like so, I, I mean, you get what your friends have anyway, and well, that's that's not true. You do, you, you do. You, and you, like, for do a you long remember... time, you had for a long time you had a PS4, and I had an Xbox One, and we could not play together. Yes, but what I'm saying though is, as growing up as a kid, you always if your friends had Xboxes, you would go get an Xbox because you wanted to play with your friends. And I'm not saying like, and that is Sony's end goal right isn't that what we're doing here but i mean for me it's just like that's just certain games and some of those games like aren't even really like they're fun they're good but they're not really the kind of games that you really do want to play with you want to play with your friends but i don't know it depends on how serious you take them like Fortnite to me is um and i have played it quite a bit here on switch at least for the first couple of weeks as when it was out. Um, it's it's not really, for me, it's not really um, a game. It's great to have a squad, but it's not really a game that builds upon itself. It's just you leveling up and you really don't know, you don't really get any anything out of leveling up, honestly, except for skins and all this stuff, which is fine. Um, but I feel like that's not what, a game what I want to keep game? playing. What, a, what, a, what about a game like Overwatch? It's a six-player team experience where teams that are made up of six people who know each other and are communicating with each other will always have an advantage. But Overwatch doesn't do that, so it's not a thing. No, but my point is is that it it's easy enough that PlayStation and Xbox could cross-play Overwatch. There's nothing really stopping that from happening. I mean, there is. They don't want to. Um, well, right. I, I mean, technically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There is actually all games, technically, uh, all cross-platform launch released games. Call of Duty players could play against each other. I mean, Exactly. So my point is this. It should be up to the player to pick the console it, that they want to have. And that usually w- that should be down to the exclusives. If I can only buy one console, which I would imagine would be most of the people who are listening to this podcast, um, you can say to yourself, well, do I want to play Halo and Gears of War? Do I want to play Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last of Us? Or do I want to play Mario and Zelda and make that call? And then everything else that's cross-platform, it shouldn't matter which one you have. I don't know, man. I'm just saying there are always going to be there's always going to be exclusives and there's always going to be reasons for you to buy the other console. But that's but that's what I'm saying. That the it should be up to the player to to buy the hardware that they want. It shouldn't be up to the hardware maker to create an artificial wall to stop people from playing with each other. That's all I'm saying. You're <laughs> you're preaching the choir, but that's never going to happen. Um, I I don't think that's true. I think it is. Sony will never get. To... Uh, I'm just saying, like we're talking exclusives alone, right? 
No, 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 I'm not. Because if it's an exclusive, it doesn't matter. Okay. Right? My, my point is, is that these cross-platform games that are multiplayer experiences are moving towards this open garden feel. Nintendo and Microsoft, along with PC, of course, are playing together. And it's just happening more and more. It happened with Rocket League. It's happening with Fortnite. It's happening more and more often. And you're going to continue to see it as Nintendo continues to to legitimize the Switch and gets more and more multiplayer titles. It's Sony who's going to be left out in the dust if they can't come up with a better excuse than what's going on here. Is it really going to hurt them, though? I don't think so. I think it will hurt them in the next generation. And that's and that's something they may change their stance on, but right now it'll be, it doesn't but that's matter. The thing, it'll be too late then. That that's what people remember. See, what people remember about the Xbox is how shitty their game sharing program was at the announcement of the console. That it never actually made it to launch, but it was such a controversy that that's what people remember. Right? People are going to remember that Sony is blocking people when the next PS5 comes out. You know, and they don't even go back to their own generations. Like, there was a few games that um, were released on PS3 and PS4 in the in the early stages there that you couldn't play backwards on, which is kind of interesting. Well, there may have been a technical reason for that because of the older technology. I, I can't say there, but um, we're talking modern games that are on the same server hardware and that type of thing. So you're all so. for it. There's no reason not to allow cross-play on these types of games. There isn't. There just isn't a reason that games like Rocket League and Fortnite and even Destiny should be sanctioned off. There just isn't a good reason. So I'm going to bring this up because this is kind of the only thing that's uh, that Sony is also keeping the same stance on. Fallout 76, the new big game, um, is supposed to be an online experience as well. And guess what? Sony has basically said we are not going to we're not going to let you play a cross platform on that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. So Sony is going to continue to throw their weight around until it becomes a problem for them. And you know, maybe we'll see a surge of people buying Fallout 76 on the Xbox One. Again, I own them all, so it doesn't matter what system you're playing on, I can play. <laughs> but I know not everybody has that ability um, to do that. So That's the key. That's the key piece of information. Is Right now, if I want to play Fortnite and I want to play with any, any of my friends, I have to decide, do I want to play with my PlayStation friends or do I want to play with my other friends <laughs> who are on Switch, Xbox, or PC? I understand that's that's how it's been for a long time, and I understand what you're saying is it's time for a change, especially when the technology is beyond that. Um, but <laughs> that's like asking the oil industry to change; like it, it just doesn't that doesn't happen. I don't. Well, see, I, I don't. I don't think that's the analogy at all because most of the industry has changed. It's only Sony that hasn't changed. I don't know. I, I just don't think Sony is going to give up on that. I, I think they're going to look like jackasses if they give in. Um, no, they, they won't. They'll look at, hey, we listened to our players and gave them what they wanted. That's what they'll look like if they change course. If they continue this, then they look like the out-of-touch conglomerate that doesn't actually care about the players and is just trying to sell hardware. I think the biggest problem I had was the the issue with the Fortnite account on PS4 when we're talking yeah, about that, that was also bullshit. that was bullshit. Yeah. And I think that yeah. was just, I don't know. Like, I feel like that was a punishment. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And that's my point is they don't look like a company that cares about the gamer right now. And at the end of the day, that's their, their bloodline is the gamers. You know, if, if the gamers stop buying, then there's no more PlayStation. And, and for those listening, Basically, Sony basically like reset your shit if you had ever played Fortnite on another on a, or your account, used your account on another system, which is pretty pretty messed up. Yeah, it was very much on purpose. Um, I think that's the one really bad like. I, okay, you can take a stance and flex your flex your muscle, fine, but. To punish players for doing that? Come on. 
It's available. It's there. Come on. That, that's petty. It is. It is. Okay. Well, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Enjoy this ad. Hey, it's Derek, co-host of Gamer Heroes and other podcasts on the Heroes Podcast Network. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about Anthrodesk's Ergo Slant Ergonomic Anti-Fatigue Comfort Floor Mat. During my day job, I am lucky enough to have a standing desk, and while that's helped me get on my feet during the day, it can be uncomfortable to stand for long periods of time. That's where Anthrodesk's Ergo Slant Mat comes in. It's ergonomically designed to help improve posture, reduce back pain, and counter negative effects of heeled shoes. The Ergo Slant provides multiple degrees of cushioning with the top ridge that allows for effective massaging of the instep. Plus, you can reverse the mat to provide an incline or decline. You can find the Anthrodesk Ergo Mat at anthrodesks.com under their accessories. If you use or are interested in a standing desk, you should definitely check out Anthrodesk. Well, that's enough crossplay, okay? Because you're driving my mind crazy talking all this crossplay, Derek. Let's switch gears. Let's cross over to a different story. So <laughs> GameStop has said they are looking for buyers. They want somebody to buy them out. Why do you think that? Why do you think that is? Do you think they're dying? GameStop's been in trouble for yeah? a while. And, of course, this announcement has created some hilarious memes oh, man, of know. people making fun of the trade-in policies. But – GameStop has been hurting uh, as digital game purchases have increased. And now, you know, more and more every game that gets released, you know, a higher percentage is digital. And GameStop doesn't make their money that way. GameStop Stop makes their money very in a very simple way. You Someone buys something new, they play it, they trade it in, and then they sell that used version again to somebody else. So that's how they really make very their money. Very little markdown. So, yeah, very little markdown from the new copy. So digital sales don't help them. That's part of why uh, ThinkGeek, you know, they, they bought ThinkGeek uh, to help bring in, um, you know, toys and T-shirts and pop vinyls and collectibles and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, they just they're having they're struggling with the digital marketplace and consoles are continuing to push in that direction. Right. Switch is continuing to beef up their eShop and Microsoft and Sony are just making it easier and easier to buy digital versions. You can pre-purchase and pre-install games before launch and, um, you know, it's it's just something that's convenient to not have to leave your house, to not have to keep boxes with discs and cartridges and that type of thing anymore. So GameStop's in a tough spot. You know, if they're not careful, they'll go the way of Blockbuster. You see, the thing, though, is I feel like you being a person and myself for specific games, I want the physical version. And sometimes I'm I'm willing to buy it. I don't need to buy it brand new. I can buy it used. Um, and there are games that you can't find uh, brand new because they're, they're discontinued and you want to go back and get them and play them. And you want a physical copy. I think that – I mean that still says – I feel like there's still a lot of people that want to do that. I think you and I are in the minority, though. We're part of a group of more hardcore gamers, and we're retro gamers. And obviously, retro games—they were physical. <laughs> you know, you couldn't download games on your on your Nintendo sixty four, right? It just wasn't really a thing. Uh, you couldn't do it on your original Xbox, right, or your PS two. So when you're retro gaming, that's that's just what it's going to be. But the new stuff. That's the direction that's going. It's just like uh, I'll use this as an example. Um, I wanted to play the Gears of War. I've got an Xbox, and uh, <laughs> I went and bought the OG Gears of War games for our 360 and uh, the original Xbox, and it cost me a fraction of what it would have cost to buy the digital versions. <laughs> sure, no, you're you're totally right. Right, and there's a little bit of a market for that, but that's not where Microsoft, or not Microsoft, GameStop makes their money. GameStop makes their money on you know their old life cycle policy of that you know sell new, someone trades it in used, someone buys the used, and then they trade that in, and they trade that in, and it goes on and on, you know. But as people buy more and more digital games, there's fewer games to trade in, right? So for example, um, in December of 2017, so latest numbers I have. Digital game sales were up 17% year over year 
to $10 billion in digital game sales. Yeah. Right? So that means $10 billion of not physical game sales. It's taken away from them. Right? And at the end of the day, where do you get physical games? Well, you get them at GameStop, Best Buy, Walmart, and Target mainly. Right? Those are going to be your four main sources, especially now that Toys R Us is I was just about to say, it's kind of like Toys R Us. I feel like they're going down the Toys R Us path. Um, and Toys R Us held on very long. Well, Toys R Us has had a slew of, of other complex issues dealing with their debt and right. being taken over a couple of different times. But GameStop more has to do with their, their entire business model was, was really built around physical game purchases and trading in. And I still buy physical games cause I'm a bit of a collector and I like being able to get something back when I buy the next one. But most of the people I talk to like the convenience of the digital games. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, the uh, the problem I have with digital games, and I'm not trying to like start up a digital war here, but we talk about this all the time on this podcast. And if you guys remember, you are buying this game as long as you own, as long as Sony allows you to have it. Let's use Sony as an example. You know, Sony could come up and say, um, "We're erasing libraries. We no longer want to support that." And that's it. Your digital download is gone. You can never download it again. And if you ever lose that or something goes wrong with that hardware, you are done. Now, to be fair, the argument could be made that for an Xbox and a PlayStation, that's true regardless. Because when you buy a physical disc, you're not playing the disc. You have to install the game from the cloud and you're using the disc, the disc basically as your license to show that you have I understand, it. but I can move that from hardware to hardware. I cannot move no, the game. But, but, you, but you can't if they get rid of the game. It's the same thing, right? Like right now, if my Xbox dies and I buy another Xbox, I can reinstall Gears of War 4. Whether it was digital or physical, it doesn't matter. But if Microsoft decides one day, hey, we're not going to provide Gears of War 4 anymore. You're done. Then it doesn't matter if you have the physical version or the digital version because you have to download it either way. Hmm. I, right? I, I feel like that's more the, likely with digital. Well, but but my point is is that it's not – it's the exact same thing. If a title that is sold on both formats goes away, it goes away for both because you have to download it even if you have the disc. I don't right. the, the, the you don't you install the game, the game but but not from the disc. The disc is your license. Sure, there's memory on there's something on that disc, Derek. It's not just a blank disc. <laughs> no, it's your it's your license. It's proving that you own a legitimate copy of the game. That's all that's on there. Then why don't they just hand us cards? Because it's it's a disc player. Like that's what they <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's just what they are. Like, they, they would have had to change that, and then you can't have Blu-ray players. Because the PlayStation and the Xbox are Blu-ray players. Right? So you would just, you'd have to either get rid of the Blu-ray player, or you'd have to add a, a secondary slot. Like, what's the point? Yeah, so I right? think really but only then, is that the same thing for Nintendo's, cartridges? Yeah, I was going to say. No, Nintendo's Nintendo's different. the Nintendo's only one different. that a cartridge is the game. For most of the games, there are some games like Wolfenstein or Doom that are too large for their cartridges and still require a download. Like right. Doom required 10 a 10 gigabyte, gigabyte download. I know. You know, to play the game. So if you can't download it, you can't play the game. Yeah. Right? If you just, if you took a Switch with no internet connectivity and pop in Doom for the first time ever, you can't play it. <laughs> I mean, that's just it the sucks. reality. It's not true for everything. It's not all of them. There's, it's not all of know. them. It's only those big games because uh, Zelda will work. Mario will work. So. Yeah. It, it's just the digital thing for me is just, uh, again, it's just on the flip side of that. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to switch subjects here. I have, um, do you remember when PT was supposed to be the game that, Guillermo del Toro and uh, Kojima made had Norman Reedus supposed to be the Silent Hills demo. So is that the, yeah they, they, the one they showed at E three a long time ago yeah and it it got well they showed it this they showed it this year at E3. no 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 that was Death Stranding and that's a different game it looks like the exact same <laughs> it, not I mean it is but it isn't anyways this was they a Silent Hill 
um, remake, right? So that was only out for a couple months, and then Kojima got pulled off the project, the project got scrapped, and I still retained that download on my PlayStation, and uh, I actually saw people selling PlayStation with that preloaded, because it was a legitimate trailer. Not really a trailer, it was a playthrough, and it was legitimate. It, it was a, like a six-hour playthrough, because there were so many different secrets in it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways... Yeah, so there was people selling it for more money because uh, technically that game never got made, and but you still had a p- playable walkthrough on it, so it became mm-hmm. a, like a like a rarity. So that game has lost support, but I'm still able to play it because I've downloaded it. Well, right, but you already have it downloaded. If you needed to download, if I ever it lose again, something happens to this hardware, I'm screwed. Yeah, right, yeah, that's the that's what I'm getting at is hardware. You know, hardware will fail. Mm-hmm. It will. My PlayStation, I have Absolutely. a launch date PlayStation 4, and um, I've noticed considerable changes in its speeds. It is very slow now. That's why I fear getting VR for it, because <laughs> I really think it's going to kill it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's segue here. Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, Google, speaking of new consoles and games, and you know, we have a lot of people now, uh, new companies like Atari and um, just all these new companies coming out of nowhere wanting to get a part of the console game. And Google has openly said that they are interested in it. And there's not really a lot of details about it, but they seem to be going off of a three-pronged plan, at least. This is what the sources say. Um, they're going to use approach something. They want to make sure that it's some sort of streaming platform. They want to make sure that, obviously, it has some hardware in there that's respectable. And then, of course, they want to bring everything connectivity, like basically want to connect all of Google Apps with this, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about yeah. Google making a console? I mean, look, it's it's Google, right? It's the Alphabet company. If they want to make it, it's not like they don't have the money to do it. It's more of the what, the, what are they going to bring to the industry? Right now, we have four major platforms, PC, which is modular, uh, Nintendo, which is quirky, and then Microsoft and Sony, which just every generation battle for whoever has the best GPU, right? So, like, that's really all we have. And I don't know what Google's going to bring that's any well, what better. what does Atari I mean, bring? Because I feel like Google's going more the that, Atari well, route. And I, Well, I'm with you there, though. That's why I did not contribute to the uh, Atari Indiegogo. Because what is what is it? What am, I gonna, what am I paying this money for? Right now, I have the four major platforms, and I can play any game that's released. So what's going to come out on the Atari to make me want to get that or what type of gaming experience is it going to bring that's any different? And they, they were not able to answer that. Google will have to answer that question because right now, what, what are their Google apps that I'm going to need so badly on my TV? <laughs> YouTube. I have YouTube, right? My Xbox has YouTube. I think they're going more the route of their, they're basically, you know, they have Chromecasts and all these other applications that they want to be able to preload onto this machine, I guess. Um, and, but to what, like, for what purpose though? What is it going to give me? Like, all right, so you have a Chromecast because a Chromecast was like thirty bucks, and you could plug it into a TV and you could stream Netflix and YouTube, and that's great. If you don't already have an Xbox, my Xbox can do that. My PlayStation can do that. I have a Kindle Fire TV um, in my bedroom that can do that, right? Um, the Switch has Hulu, and you know it's a, it's supposed to get other stuff later. So what? What is this Google console going to provide me? That's the question. Yeah. No. And, and I mean, this is just early talks. We have no information, but they just said they're interested in it. Um, knowing Google and being as innovative as Google is, um, they might be trying to make another big move somewhere else. Who knows? There might be something else that they've thought of that um, Atari wants to do that doesn't have the capital to do, but Google does. Um, mm-hmm. there's, I, I feel I have, I have faith that if they, if they really do want to make this and they want to get into this game, they will be the best at it. I really do. I, I mean, they're good at a lot of things, but the video game space will probably be one of the more competitive ones for them because Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo have been doing this for a long 
time. Even before the Xbox, Microsoft has been dealing with video games on PC since the 80s. Nintendo has been around since the 80s. Uh, Sony's PlayStation since the early 90s, right? So Google is going to have to compete with three long-standing, very different organizations in a incredibly competitive and volatile industry. I I think they have the money and the 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 moxie the to push themselves into that into line there. Um, they could easily purchase developing development companies, some developers. Um, sorry, not developers, but producing companies, publishers, um, easily. And I think they could easily put out exclusives without any issue. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you from that standpoint. And yeah, if they just throw their money around to buy a bunch of publishers and developers so they can uh, just make a bunch of exclusive titles so we don't have a choice, yeah, they could do that. But I don't think they're going to come up with a normal console that's anything unique at the moment. Maybe they'll push into AR and VR stuff like they were trying to do with Google Goggles, and then you have my attention. Then I'm very, very interested. that seems likely. I I feel like the the third prong of their plan to connect all of Google applications and hardware is all of it under the Google umbrella. I I totally think that's very likely because that was a scrapped project. And I know, like Sony did with the VR, (laughs) we had the ones back in 2009, you know? And they just said... Eh, we'll throw it in with the VR. We have a bunch of this laying around in a warehouse. We'll start making it again when we run out. It, it's very likely everyone does that. And it's it's actually just smart. Well, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, it is Google, so they have a lot of power and they have a lot of money. So they might surprise us. But I need a hell of a lot more information yeah. before I can can even say that they could compete with what we have I think today. that would be really cool though. You're right. If if uh they could do away with the goggles for VR and they could work it through the glasses, how awesome would that be? Yeah, it'd be it'd be very Cause, interesting. Cuz the one thing about the VR is I mean, everyone has to wear these giant heavy ass lenses and if you can do it with glasses, oh my god. I mean, you're already ahead of the game. Yeah, man. It'd be cool. So, all right. We're going to switch over. Microsoft has talked to Showtime, and Showtime has agreed they are going to make a Halo TV series. Hell yeah. It's finally happening. No, no, no. Hey, they made Forward Onto Dawn, and that was awesome. But that was a movie. That wasn't like a series. It was a three-part movie. Okay. Well, Spielberg has been trying to make a Halo TV series for like 10 years. I hope he doesn't focus on... Yes, no, I, I get you. I, I was going to say, like, um, Forward Onto Dawn was done very well, and their focus was, like, basically, we're going to show you. So, it, <laughs> I don't want to ruin it because you haven't seen it yet. Can I ruin it? Okay. Go ahead. So, the whole time you're following this kid growing up, going through the academy, getting his ass beat, then becoming a badass, and later you find out the end of the the. Sh- series or show or whatever movie he's he's master chief so which was super cool but um yeah i hope they focus more on they do kind of like a star trek i hope they do more of like a star trek deep space nine type thing or where we're focusing more on the wars we're focusing on the political aspects of this how sick Mm -hmm. would that be yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I think that's what we're going to get. I think this is really going to be a, a universe-building show. And it's on Showtime, so it's a premium network. They should have a solid budget. Yeah. So this is so this is what took my ash away? This is what took ash away from... Just kidding. <laughs> that was Stars, right? Yeah, you're right. It was Stars. Yeah, wrong, wrong channel. Showtime, for me right now, doesn't really have anything uh, for that's interesting to watch right now. I think HBO is killing it as far as premium premium channels go. Um, well, yeah, I mean, HBO, you have uh, Game of Thrones, you have Westworld. On the comedic side, you have Veep. They're putting out the new uh, Watchmen yeah, show. Yeah. So, yeah, they're doing just fine. They're good right now. I'm excited. I think it'll be really good. And if they go, like I said, the route that I had mentioned, t- focusing more on the universe, the world, the battles, um, 
and the political sides of it because we re- from the game we we only really see Master Chief's perspective, which is, you know, <laughs> I'm here, I'm gonna kick ass. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I would really like to see more of, you know, what what really happened. What were the driving forces that caused this war? What really made the Halo? Yeah. So, yeah. Could be cool. NES. Back in stores. You got one. <laughs> I have two, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. I so no, because I, I don't I hate the secondary market flipping stuff. But this so I pre-ordered I ordered one from Best Buy and it said it was not going to ship until July twenty. And then our our buddy Ryan was like, well, hey, we have some uh, at at his store. Do you want me to grab one for you and you can just pay me back? I'm like, yeah, thanks. That'd be great. And I was gonna cancel my order for the Best Buy one today, and it shipped. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so. I can't cancel it now. I gotta wait for it to show up and then return it. So I, I've been asking around if any of any of my friends. You guys are only eighteen days re- early. Retail. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So then I'm second guessing myself. I'm like, well, today's July second. Maybe I read the the date backwards. So I looked through the email. No, it was July twentieth, is what it said. So, but uh, but yeah. So uh, you know, if, I'm asking my friends if anybody wants one for retail price. Otherwise, I'm just gonna return it. I think because I am very an- anti flipping. I don't think that's cool. Well. I, I totally understand, and I think that's very commendable, right? We all can say that uh, we appreciate you not being a dick. <laughs> yeah, it was a total accident that I, I'm ending up with two of them. Or you so can just sell it for intention. retail. I don't know. I mean, I, if it's just as easy to return it, then do that. But um, have you cracked it open? Well, I, I'll sell it to somebody I know for, for retail price, but I'm not going to go driving around the city to meet up with somebody I don't know, you know, kind of thing. I'll just return it. Oh, you so. don't like sketchy encounters? <laughs> not usually no uh have you cracked it open not have you usually. played it no it's sitting right next to me though i've got it right, i got it right here it's right here. stroke it tell so. it it's beautiful i've been too busy playing other games man i've been playing tell me t- tell me games about those recently. games so i've been playing uh two two games mainly uh horizon zero dawn of course and and towards the pantheon um i did finish overcooked with the girl we finally finish it that game is fucking amazing it's so good um just the couch co-op and it's like a time resource game just if you haven't played overcooked yet the sequel's coming out in august you have to play overcooked it's amazing on switch so you're ready for the sequel. I highly recommend it very <laughs> ready yeah the game is awesome I- i'm so pumped good. too i uh, you've you've talked a lot about it and uh i definitely can't wait to try it um you know it's not expensive so it's really not that bad no it's not and there's just tons of games tons of levels fun mechanics i mean there's there's ice and there's lava and there's street cars that you're on and th- you know lights that go out rats that steal your food and uh levels that move around just conveyor belts and you know just lots of cool stuff it's 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 a fun tongue-in-cheek kind of game and the sequel that nintendo announced that was Nintendo uh, announced by nintendo at e3 just looks like they they just stepped it up another notch so i'm really excited about that um but yeah, so I want to talk first. I'm going to talk towards the Pantheon, then I'm going to talk Horizon. Okay, tell me about this towards the Pantheon. So towards the Pantheon is a indie RPG that I have uh, been playing on and off a little bit for a few weeks because I've been waiting for an opportunity to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, it's available on Steam right now. You can you can pick it up, and it's a, a 2D turn based RPG. So you play as Freya who uh, she is your hero and she is a mute. It's part of her character. So she does not speak, uh, which is a, is kind of a clever little narrative mechanic is that's who you are. So since the game doesn't necessarily know what you would say, it just gets around that. But as you go, you collect more um, uh, party members that you can play as who join you in your journey. For example, uh, the first one you come across is, is a cat named Bam, who has lots of really cool abilities and um you it's got some really great mechanics right it's turn-based battle uh it's you know you you pick who you want to attack you select your move there's different stats that decrease when you use those moves so you can't keep doing them over and over again but you can use items to replenish i mean very classic rpg type stuff um the art's really cute kind of uh 8-bit style maybe 16-bit style art 
the music's actually really nice and uh, adorable at times, depending on where you are in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got it's got some really cool mechanics. You you save in these tents, and at big kind of story moments, you go to this little campfire, and you know there's some uh, exposition that happens to tell you about what's going on. Um, and it's it's got you know, a whole new game plus, and there's just a bunch of different regions. Um, it's got forty. Uh, it's got like almost fifty different enemies. They're like different creature type things that you can, you know, find and, and battle and, and things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's it's a, a small development team. It is uh, basically two people, the the lead developer and the pixel artist. That's it. Just two people, uh, which is just super cool. And um, you can find them at towardsthepantheon.com. Like I said, the game is available on Steam. And I definitely recommend it. I'm going to keep playing it. Um, but I got to uh, to try it with Steam Link. Uh, so the Steam Summer hold, Sale. Hold on. I, I got just... questions about this game. Oh, okay. You got questions. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going. We're, we're, we're running lower yes. on time. So I was just like blown I, through it. I was it. just going to say, um, how, how long is the playability of this game? Um, how long do you think this is like a 10-hour game or It's like a 10-hour game? game. That's pretty good. That's actually pretty yeah. good. And um, – what game would you say it's most like, uh, comparable for people who, who I don't really play a lot of turn-based games, and the games I have played, like Final Fantasy, I didn't really enjoy much. Yeah, so that's it's a fair question. So I'm not usually big into turn-based RPGs either. I'm not a big JRPG guy. I just um, because my 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 back catalog is always so large of games I need to play. I feel pressured to keep moving quickly. Um, so I tend to not go for the turn-based stuff either, but you know, the, it, it's a mixture of things. You know, when you're moving through the world, it's very Zelda-esque in the way you move around that kind of top-down 2D RPG. Uh, but the turn-based battles are they're pretty straightforward. It reminds me a lot of um, you know, like uh, uh, Bravely Default, for example, or something like that. Uh, it's not as complex as say Octopath Traveler, which is the new switch jrpg it's not that complex so it's it's more of a low grade uh you know for as far as complexity goes it's more about story and the art and the experience rather than the complexity of the mechanics good i mean i think that's a good description um would you recommend this game so far absolutely you know like i said I'm, i'm not done with it yet but from what i've played i've really enjoyed it um and so if you like that type of thing, if turn-based battles are for you, if, if RPGs are for you and you like that art style, I think you'll really enjoy this. I think it's a lot of fun. I will look forward to trying it on your Switch. Or, excuse me, trying it at your house. Well, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I have it on Steam. It's because Steam and Switch are on my mind. <laughs> well, so it's the Steam Summer right. Sale right now. It's and uh, closing on July 5th, so it's almost over. But um, I bought the Steam Link for the grand total of $2.50 and uh, picked up a Steam Link controller as well, the, Steam, the, the infamous Steam controller. And uh, that's actually how I've been playing Towards the Pantheon this past weekend for a little bit to try it out. Steam Link is cool. Super cool. It's a nice interface. Um, really easy to launch your games and play the controller on the other hand is the weirdest (laughs) fucking controller i have ever used can you explain the steam link to me um yeah yeah yeah. so it's a small box it's about the size of like an amazon tv fire um and you plug your ethernet into it you plug the power cable into it and then you plug a uh, hdmi into your your screen and it, you connect it to your PC over your network. And basically what it does is if you have st- uh, Steam running on your computer, it will lo- enter your Steam account and allow you to play any of your uh, any of your games on your TV through the Steam link. It basically streams That's pretty your cool. Steam. So you can play any of your games that you have on Steam. So if I have uh, Borderlands 2 or yep, everything, absolutely. that's awesome. And, and the graphics are going to be just as good as your computer can handle. So yeah, it's going to depend on your computer and it's going to depend on your network. So they they recommend that you hardwire both your computer and right. the Steam Link. Uh, so they're not wireless. They have wireless capabilities, but they don't recommend it. Um, and then it's going to depend on your hardware at that point. So some games support the controller, some don't. So that'll depend on that. 
it, it supports other controllers. You can plug in any Steam supported controller into the Steam Link, um, but from a wireless perspective, they recommended the right. Steam controller. So I figured I'd try it. It's shaped super funny. It's kind of awkward. It's got these two giant touch pads at the top of it. Like you'll have to come over and play it. It's 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 weird. It is not really comfortable and it's not really <laughs> intuitive. And I found it very awkward. I kept like clicking the wrong buttons because they move shit. Every no one can put the X but, button in the same fucking place. Well, that's not even what I'm talking about. I mean, like there the whole thing is shifted ah, funny. The ergonomics. Like, it's are just off. like. Yeah, the ergonomics are way off because they have these two big touch circles at the top right. of the controller. One is just a flat circle touchpad, and the other is kind of like a D-pad, but it, the whole thing is still a touch circle. Underneath, though, they actually do have two paddle buttons, like under buttons, like the uh, Xbox Elite controller. Right, right. If you want to use that, you could do that. So that's a really weird experience. Um, I found that to be really odd and uh, kind of strange i'll probably switch to something else when i before i was playing towards the pantheon on my pc i uh, was actually i just plugged in a switch pro controller and found that to be perfect that i was gonna say you could probably just plug in any controller you want um xbox playstation whatever okay so that's cool and you picked that up for how much well, the Steam Link is $2.50 during the Steam sale, and then the controller was like 30 bucks or something oh, like that. Oh, man. When does the, the sale end? I, that's really cool. Ju- July 5th. So, July okay. 5th. Okay. Okay. All right. I might I might go and do that. I mean, it's worth the $2.50, I'll tell you and that And then much. I'll just use whatever controller I want. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, send me a link or leave that link in... Uh, can you leave that link in our post for this? People want to pick that up? Uh, sure. I'll, th- I'll throw it in the show notes. Why not? Why not? That's good. Good review of Into the Pantheon and of the Steam Link first impressions. Sorry, guys. You, you, you dropped the ball on the controllers. <laughs> the controllers Steam, weird, you messed man. up. So um, you do everything else right, but you cannot get your controller correct. <laughs> So, of course, the other game I've been playing is Horizon Zero Dawn, which has been out for well over a year at this point. I'm about 18 hours into it, and it is a, it's a damn good game. Um, it's a PS4 exclusive. You play as Aloy, who is a Nora Brave. Nora is the tribe that she's from, and this takes place in a world with giant robotic animals that uh, you can hunt and, trust me, will attack you. The story is pretty in-depth. I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody. Uh, I will say that you have to get past the first three hours to really get to the game. Um, that's kind of... It took me about three hours to get to the open world part of the game, and that's where it really right. takes off. Have so, you played this um, at all? This is on my list because I want to beat God of War before I play because that one was more exciting for me. But I know this one is an open world game, and that's why I always put the open world games on the back burner because they take a lot more time. Whereas mm. God of War is okay. more on rails. So that's kind of why I'm like, yeah. So I will be playing it. I am very stoked to play it. But no, I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Okay. Well, it's, it's pretty sweet. It's got some really solid mechanics. Um, the archery is great. just feels really good. The um, the graphics are not quite as impressive as I thought they would be based off of what I had heard from the game. Um, keep in mind, I am playing the PS4, the, the Arkham Knight edition, so this was not a slim. This is still the like the release hardware, so maybe that has so something to do with it. it'll look even worse on mine because <laughs> it's even older. <laughs> I think yours and mine are probably the same hardware. Gotcha. You know? But there's some graphical issues that I've ran into that are a little funky. Nothing nothing too crazy. Um, if I have any complaint at all, it's the NPC dialogue. The characters repeat themselves a lot. And there are points in the game, especially early on, where it's just kind of obnoxious. And I'd rather the NPCs just not say anything. Why do you think that is? Like, I, Do you think they just like... They're like... You're only going to run into so many, so few people because most of it's dinosaurs, robotic dinosaurs. 
we're not, we're not going to really put much effort into that. Well, early on, like there are a lot of humans in this game that you interact with. You have, you start with your tribe. There's bandits that you have to fight. There's other tribes you come in contact with, other warriors and braves. There's lots and lots of people in this game. Um, the NPCs, I'm sure the idea was to have it seem more real. But like, there's a fight early on that uh, includes some other people. And you're really the only one doing any of the fucking work, right? right? You're the only one who's doing anything and everybody else is hiding. And one of the characters in particular, a guy, just repeats the same line over and over again to the point where, like, I wish I could have just killed the character <laughs> to shut him, to shut him off. That's bad. That's you know bad. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I just found that really frustrating. Um, so I just rather have them just not speak at all. Uh, but uh, but as the game goes on and progresses, I've been more more and more happy with it. It it, it definitely is a game that that feels good to play. The world is really neat. It's very large. Um, you know, you do a little bit of backtracking here and there, but that's okay because you you learn more about the environment as you go. You you get more weapons. You get more skills. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a solid game. There's it's not perfect. By any means, I'm sure I'll provide a little more detail once I finish the game. But I definitely think that if you own a PlayStation, uh, you should definitely be playing this. At and some it, point. I believe it's on the list for a lot of people, including myself. Um, and they're getting ready to release. Um, I, I believe some DLC is going to be coming out here soon, isn't it? Are they already, already released, released gotcha. uh, DLC? Yeah, yeah. It's it's called the the Wilds. I believe is the the name of the expansion. Um, which my the game uh, doesn't you know neglect to tell me every time I load up the the menu. <laughs> you know, there's a that new there's an expansion pack, which is fine. I mean, maybe I'll check it out. We'll see. But I got to get through the main game first. Great. Well, so yeah, there's good stuff. I just I don't want to ruin anything for anybody who out there who may still want to play it. The story is interesting. It's more than it's more and than Aloy just killing robotic dinosaurs. It is. There's a pretty big narrative, and Aloy is pretty badass. She is theorized to be uh, Treus's mom. <laughs> there's what? a meme. Yeah, there's a meme out there of because uh, Atreus uses a bow and arrow as well. Of her showing him how to shoot her bow and arrow, <laughs> and and uh, Kratos in the background just kind of smiling. Oh, sorry. The expansion's called the Frozen Wilds. Gotcha. gotcha. Frozen Wilds, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up Gamer Heroes this time. Um, guys, please check us out. You can find us on heroespodcast.com, at Heroes Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Ko-Fi, and Patreon. Did I miss anything? Yeah, man. No, that's it. That is awesome, it. Awesome, guys. As usual... Game on. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.